Chapter Two of Priest on Horseback, Father Farmer, seventeen twenty to seventeen eighty six, by Eva K. Betts. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Maria Therese. Chapter Two Cave In. The morning was clear and lovely as Father Farmer and Sebastian set off on their way to Wisterburg. Completely forgotten was the storm of the previous day. In the late March sun it seemed as if they could see the earth working, moving, and stirring under the push of growing things below. There was a definite red to the buds on the maple trees, and the brookside willows were taking on their delicate, lovely spring green. But the promise of the season only served to deepen Sebastian's gloom. "'My brothers and I have worked for months to get the house ready for Greta,' he explained mournfully. "'We have three fine rooms and a good attic.' and instead of greased paper, we have glass in every single window. He paused to let the grandeur of such a place make its impression on his companion. By next spring, perhaps you can have a garden started, suggested Father Farmer. I have observed that women like to have flowers growing about their homes. A good idea. Sebastian was enthusiastic. I don't know why we didn't think of that. Greta is very fond of flowers. I wonder what kind we should have. You can see what the women at the glass house have. They will be happy, I know, to give you roots and slips from their favorites. That's one thing I've noticed about gardeners. They're always happy to share their treasure. I'd like to get some blue flowers. Greta's eyes are so blue, said Sebastian. Offhand, I can't think of many blue flowers, said Father Farmer. I wonder if you bought some yarrow or Queen Anne's lace in from the fields and watered it with blue water, if the flowers become blue. I don't know, but I'll certainly try. Then she will want an herb garden, went on Father Farmer. A good wife knows how to make teas and cures from herbs, though Greta may not be familiar with the ones in this country. She'll learn quickly. My Greta is clever. Planning for Greta's arrival seemed to have cheered Sebastian immensely, so Father Farmer developed the subject, making it last as long as he could. Then the talk drifted to Wisterburg and the people there. Since 1739, when Father Schneider had first ridden in from Philadelphia, Mass had been said twice each year at the home of Mr. Lawrence, one of glass workers. At last they reached Alloway's Creek, in the lane to Sebastian's house. A tall, rugged man hailed them. Sebastian! Hello there! And? The man suddenly realized that the rider of the second horse was not the expected bride. What? Where? Who? For the first time in two days, Sebastian laughed, though the laughter died quickly. This is Father Farmer from St. Joseph's in Philadelphia, Jeremiah. Greta, Greta is in that city. I'll give you the story when we get to the house. Father Farmer, welcome. Jeremiah bowed slightly. You will stay the night with us, Father. Thank you very much, but I cannot. My friend Mr. Lawrence is expecting me. There will be mass at his house the day after tomorrow, if you would like to come. Indeed, all three of us will be there. It is almost a year since we have had such a chance. Well, I will see you then. With a wave of his hand, Father Farmer was off. Sebastian dismounted in front of the stable, took off the saddle and bridle, and turned his horse out to graze. Father Farmer followed the course of the Alloway Creek, and soon was in the busy little village of Wisterburg. Surrounded by comfortable homes, 
the core of the settlement was the glass house, not one building, but the several needed for the production of that precious commodity. Outside the furnace, where the great brown glass pots were heated, a young man was standing. "'Good day, Martin,' called Father Farmer. "'Father Farmer, how good to see you. Mr. Whistler told us that we might expect you before long. Will you be with us a few days?' "'Yes, I will stay to say Mass the day after tomorrow. "'And to baptize John Martin Alder the Third. "'Congratulations. When did he arrive?' "'About Christmas time.' and a fine boy he is. That goes without saying, said the priest, laughing. Don't let me keep you from your work. Won't you come and see the new bottles we are making? They are, we think, unusually handsome. All the Worcester glass is handsome. If I won't be in the way, I'd like to see the new forms. Father Farmer dismounted, tethered his horse, and followed Martin Alter into the long, low building where the master glassmakers, brought to this country by Caspar Wister almost thirty years before, were busy at their delicate work. It was very hot, because the sand and soda from which the glass was made had to be heated in great pots until it became liquid. Then it could be worked. Simon Christmeyer was delicately dipping a long blowpipe into the molten mass. With a skilled turn of his wrist, he wound the crystalline filament around the end of the rod-like pipe until a sizable ball had formed. Quickly and gently, he dipped the hot mass into a vat of water nearby. "'This is the part that always frightens me,' murmured Father Farmer. "'What if he should breathe in instead of blowing out?' "'He never does,' said Martin, "'and he'd better not. It wouldn't be a pleasant death.' Another worker had stepped in front of the glass blower. The second man held what looked like an iron bottle broken cleanly in half. Simon Christmeyer placed the ball of glass between the two halves, which were then closed firmly together. Simon began to blow gently. It seemed to the watchers to be just one long exhalation. They could not see him breathe in. After a moment he took the blowpipe from his lips and drew it slowly and gently away from the form his helper held. A thin link of glass came with the pipe, glass of a delicate and lovely shade of blue. A third man stepped forward with a big pair of shears and snipped the glass free of the blowpipe. Another bottle is finished, said Martin. And I am relieved, Father Farmer sighed gustily. Do you know what? I held my breath all the time that was going on. The bottle was carried away to the aniline oven, where it would be heated and then cold, to soften the glass and make it less brittle. I would like to stay to see more things made, said Father Farmer, but I think it would be better if I went to let Mr. Lawrence know that I have arrived. He moved out to where his tired horse was standing but, before he could mount, there was the sound of pounding feet. A white-faced boy leaped the fence and stood below them shaking. Caven, he gasped. The sand-pit slid, and my father is caught. I tried to uncover him with my hands, but it only made things worse. Come fast. Is he buried completely? asked Martin. His face was partly out when I left, but now... End of chapter 2 Recording by Maria Therese